Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to Peak to Pit, Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger, talking all things going on in the sports world. We're going to start with the draft because, TJ, it's finally almost fall, right? Like, we're a couple days away from May, which means it's almost summer, which means it's basically fall, and that's kind of what the draft, like, symbolizes for me. So fall is coming. What I've learned in doing this a couple of years now with you is that just everything points to the fact that the fall is like it's almost fall like it's february totally. 1st and totally it's like almost fall right my Super, fall Super decorations Bowl. were up june 1st last year now granted we were in the middle of a pandemic i hadn't seen anybody in months we were all like locked in our house and so i figured it might as well be fall but but like literally i football is coming it definitely feels like it you know like the season is back around the nfl draft hey you know what's fun about the most fun thing about the nfl draft having the 32nd pick <laughs> like that is the bet i i was talking with somebody at fsu the other day um trying to set up a schedule for something and actually it was one of the it was one of the sids it was a sports information director and i said like hey can we do we're doing an interview tomorrow night and i said can we do it at seven i don't want it to conflict with the draft and he's like oh yeah you know my bills aren't gonna be picking until 11 so i don't you know that's not too big of a deal anyway and i was like I know you think that's a flex, but like my team will pick after yours on Thursday night. Like, I just want you to know. <laughs> so like my team's going last. And so right. obviously uh, fun when your team wins it all. I, it's a good problem to have, right? Picking last. No, no probably not as many flashy, uh, you know, you're not getting that top five pick, top 10 pick, but it's a good problem to have, right? Yeah, for sure. The Bucks are trying to run it back. We'll talk about the draft here in just a second, but did you see we signed AB back today? I did. First team to bring back all 22 starters um, in Super Bowl. Yeah, era, I believe is, since the merger, which is crazy. Yeah, that's that's pretty absurd. I mean, a lot of the guys took like, you know, I, you know, I really didn't think they'd be able to do that. I really thought, I, and I didn't think there'd be a ton of drop-off, but I thought like you'd, you'd lose like a Leonard Fournette, which he was – hit or miss the entire year and then kind of turn it on in the playoffs, which is great. You know, like it, it helped a lot, but like I thought you'd lose like a Leonard Fournette or, you know, maybe a linebacker or a defensive lineman to where the team still be really good. And you'd probably pick up another right. bet, but um, man, to, to bring them all back. I mean, they're, they're obviously going to try and make another yeah, run at it. We talked about this, you know, months ago and, and we did talk about how rare it is. And clearly if it's the first team to do it since the merger, it's incredibly rare, but I do think that this is kind of the Brady effect a little bit. Some of these guys did have to not take top dollar 
to be willing to make this happen. And I, I honestly, I feel like the Bucks have been all in on this since day one, even though we thought it would be, you know, pretty much impossible to make happen. If you watch their social media and stuff, they, I, they've been all in on this. And it's kind of cool to see, especially for us being in Tampa. It's both of our teams, you know, organically. It's not something that we jumped on this bandwagon. We grew up on this bandwagon. Um, and I, I don't know. I think it's going to be really fun to watch. And it's rarely fun to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. So this is kind of a cool moment for us. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it it certainly is, and and the Bucks get all of the uh, media attention. They're they're media darlings, right? And and every every team thinks that you know the media and, and the refs and announcers and everything like hates their team, and none of those entities care about your team. But it is you can tell when like they love you, right? Like everybody's tweeting about the Bucks running it back, and you have Brady, and so everybody's you know the chase for eight is on and, and all that stuff. So it, it is, it's, it's, you know, we're the focus of um, the NFL, the sports world with regard to, uh, to football, which is different. Like usually it's, it's for the other reason. Like I remember the old Chris Berman, you know, calling them the yucks and stuff like that. So yeah. um, no, it's, it's very neat. Uh, you know, not, this is not what we'll talk about in depth, but the the Bucks were at one time seven and six last year, not very good, yeah. and then they didn't lose another game, obviously. But they played a tough, tough schedule last year, uh, and they weren't very good against good teams. And this year, the schedule is so much easier. Um, there are not like last year. You could look at games and say like, ah, that's a sure loss. That's a sure loss. Like they're not going to beat Kansas City. They're not going to beat this team. They're not going to beat that. This year, there that doesn't exist. You know, like the schedule is much easier. Atlanta and Carolina still aren't very good. Uh, New Orleans, you know, losing Breeze is tough, and they lost other talent too. Not that I mean, Breeze was pretty bad in the playoffs and like lost them that game. But losing, you know, a Hall of Fame great quarterback, obviously, you know, if Jameis wins a spot, which I think he will, I, I mean, that could. I mean, he could throw five touchdowns against you. He could throw five picks. So, I mean, you know, I think at I'm worst go they're the going at, at at worst they're going to go five and one in the division. Would be my guess. Like maybe I, that probably is what will happen. Like Jameis is probably good for a a five touchdown game against the Bucks, and then a five intersection. You know, like and so we'll we'll split with them and beat the other teams. But I mean, you go five and one in your division, and then the rest of the teams you play aren't very good. They get to play the NFC or the AFC East. So they get to play um, the Dolphins who stink, the Jets who stink. The, they go to New England. That's going to be a fun one. Hopefully that's like opening week. Like Brady going back to New England uh, would be a lot of fun. Uh, the Bills are good in that division, but the other three should be wins without a doubt. And so, I, you know, I think the Bucks are going to be – I think they're going to be right there back. I think it's going to come down to them and Green Bay again in the NFC Championship. And I think that whoever wins that will we'll see Kansas City. And Kansas City's improved too. They've, they've improved the offensive yeah, I mean, line. Um, they I had feel a lot like of we're guys keep seeing Kansas city. Oh know, yeah. Yeah. For the next several years for a long time. Yeah. So I think that, um, they've improved their offensive line. They've gotten some guys healthy. I mean, I, you know, again, it, it still blows my mind that they didn't score a touchdown in that Super Bowl. but with guys healthy and back on the O line, I mean, Kansas City's going to be back and, um, you know, they're going to be a tough team to, to go up against because they're going to be the ones that were hungry for the, after the loss. Yeah. Like you think about, yeah. When when this situation has happened, you know, I think about the Celtics being the Lakers, and the Lakers came back and won two in a row. One of them against the Celtics, like when it, like you think about the Heat losing their first one with LeBron and them, they came back and won the next two in a row. You know, you think about LeBron losing in Cleveland, and 
the next year they came back and beat the Warriors. So like, I, I know that was a lot of, uh, Oh, I have no idea what that noise was. Uh, I know a lot of those were NBA, but I mean, I just, that's just how it happens. Like teams, yeah. teams seem to be hungry for that. And that's not to say Kansas city definitely wins this year, but I mean, it wouldn't shock anybody, right? Like they're still, the, they're the sure. favorite. So well, I mean, the team that what uh, has been or made it to one, been around, you know, the Super Bowl the last several years, it's or last couple of years at the very least. It's not going to be surprising for them to remain there, right? Yeah, for sure. And I, I think the I think the playoffs are easier for the Bucks this year too. Like I I think that you know uh, Green Bay is going to be tough, um, and I think that'll be the NFC Championship game. The Rams added Matt Stafford, so if they put it all together, they could be tough. And then. You know, the Saints, um, if things go right with Winston, could could uh, be tough because there's just a lot of talent there and they get to play Carolina and Atlanta twice too. So, um, but I think those are the only teams that have a realistic shot of like even being good. I think everybody else in the league yeah. is just terrible. And I am not predicting the Saints are going to be great, but I think like it's like if Stafford figures it out in LA, if Winston plays well, then those teams might be around. A lot but of I, ifs. But I think that, yeah, I think that your sure things are Green Bay and the, the Bucks. Bucks have the least amount it. of ifs, which is always a good, you know, place to be sitting in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the only, to me, the only if for the Bucks is Brady's health, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I and I don't, I mean, I think he's fine as far as like arm strength and everything else, mentally and all that. Like it would just be him getting hurt. Like there's, and not, not that any other team has a backup plan, you know? Uh, I mean, New Orleans may have the best with with Winston and Hill, like the best backup plan. But like, yeah, if you lose your starting quarterback, you're you're out of most <laughs> most sure. serious competition. So, um, but anyway, so unless you're Alabama, but yeah. you know, so draft time though. All that circle yeah. back to say the Bucks are going to win the Super Bowl again next year. But um, draft time. Uh, real quick, Florida State, the, the news is somber here. Uh, Florida State's draft prospects. Uh, Asante Samuel could potentially um, sneak up into the very end of the first round, probably going second round. So he's a day two guy. Uh, Marvin Wilson, probably a day three guy. He's been sliding on a lot of boards, um, probably around four guy. Again, somebody could over reach there and, and take him late in the third. But I think that'd kind of be a, a little bit of a reach. And then Tamori and Terry, likely a day three guy as well. I'm thinking, you know, he's got a lot, a lot of upside, but he's big time boomer bust. And I, I think that teams are not willing to 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 go boomer bust in, in the first three rounds. So to me, he's a four or five round guy, maybe even later. Um he could end up being an absolute steal. He's got incredible athleticism and is super gifted. Um, so it could be a steal for somebody or, I mean, he could get drafted in the sixth round and, and not be signed on a team, you know, when, uh, when September rolls around. So big, uh, big boomer bust potential there. Florida though, has a little bit better news on, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on uh, my terrible teams uh, drafting. I will just blame everything on Taggart, but Florida does have um, some potential great news coming in this draft. Yeah. A lot of, uh, yeah. I mean, just a lot of highly rated guys. Kyle Pitts, I mean, starting there is probably 
the most talented player in the draft. Like a quarterback's going to go one, a quarterback will probably go two, sure. and probably three. Like probably three, right? You know, like and and as great as Kyle Pitts is, um, your your value above replacement is so much higher with a quarterback. Well, Lawrence is. I don't know. Athletically, not as talented, I wouldn't say, but he's every bit as talented, I guess. So maybe that's unfair to say Pitts is number one. But um, I think he's probably the most athletic guy in the draft. That may be a better way to athletic. Definitely, you know, um, it's like it's like the uh, you know, like I think that uh, this is a debate for another time. I'm sure you'll disagree. I think LeBron is a better athlete than Jordan, right? I think he can. I think he runs faster. He jumps higher. He's stronger. He's more durable. You know, like that's just. Like the things that make up athletics, like he jumps higher. That's a that's defined, you know. Like that, uh, he's stronger. Yeah, you know? I mean, um, I don't know. There's only one of them that played two different major league sports, but um, I know. I don't know. I think. I, like, I mean, that's I, a debate for another day. Yeah, and I, it's but, hard uh, but when my, you're talking about guys from different eras too. But yeah, I mean, and I I'd say, you know, looking at that too, like I'd say Dion is a better athlete than MJ. Yeah, but but MJ was a better basketball player than LeBron you know like I can to me that's how both things kind of fit together I mean you know if they both race LeBron wins if they both do a jump thing LeBron wins. you know it's like all the things that make up athletics right or that we consider yeah. to be so anyway all that said so yeah I think you know Lawrence is that guy like the best pro yeah. QB prospect we've yeah. had forever like a long time um and then Pitts is insane People say number four to the Falcons, maybe number six to the Dolphins. If he falls there, I know a lot of Miami fans, uh, our Gator fans are, are Miami fans because everything kind of here in Florida. Yeah. A lot of Miami fans that are down there and had to watch him play for all these years, like they want him to. So like anybody that's a Dolphins fan wants Kyle Pitts. And he's a he's absolutely nasty. So Yeah. The Vegas odds have him at over under four and a half. For where he'll be taken but um there is exactly what you said a lot of kind of uh rumors that atlanta um will swoop him up at at number four which you know that's hell as for a tight end especially i mean that's pretty crazy to not even make it out of the top five right yeah i um i think he'll get drafted four because i'm gonna say this i think i'd go over on that by the way just because um, you know the first three are QBs, and then he only has to fall one position for you to get one position, right? right. Like because you know that. So, like, just from a betting perspective, like if I'm trying to like hedge my bets and say, like, okay, what's more likely? Okay, well, he could go. I mean, there's 300 picks, right? So, yeah, you're basically if you bet the under a four and a half, you're saying he's going to the Falcons. Like that's a hundred percent done deal. Uh, right. So I don't know, but because I said that, he'll he'll go. Uh, He'll go four for sure. Um, Kyle Pitts at four. I saw uh, this. I'm going to skip one and then come back to it. Next up, Kendarius Tony. People are saying that yeah. he will go late first round, um, very worst early second round. I mean, the Bucks have enough weapons that I, I just don't know that that's like, to me, I, I want a little bit more depth on the O-line. I, I want something else for the Bucks. So I wouldn't want the Bucks to take him. I mean, I wouldn't be upset if the Bucks drafted. I just think we have... 500 wide receivers and four tight ends so, and things like, and a bunch of, we just signed Gio Bernard and stuff. I, I just don't think we need there. Tony but, is 
is an interesting uh, player. And his uh, Vegas has him at 31 and a half. So right there, the very tail end of the first round, maybe the beginning of the second round is where they're projecting him. But I read this piece that was talking about part of his draft stock rise as of recently having to do with um, the success of the Kansas City Chiefs and Tyreek Hill and uh, Kadarius Tony being compared to Hill, his skill set being similar. And so because the NFL is such a copycat league right now that other teams are trying to figure out how they can replicate what the Chiefs are doing with Hill and uh, that that is part of what has helped his draft stock, which I found really interesting. He helped himself a lot at at his pro day too. He ran a four three eight forty, which is smoking. Um, and so, I mean, those two things really have helped him, you know, be on that cusp of the first round. Which you know, for Florida to have two players taken in the first round uh, would be huge. Yeah, I think that both. These two guys might be the biggest athletic freaks in the in the draft. I mean, there's a lot of talent in this draft, so I don't. I really need to kind of like look into it more. But sure. both absolutely just incredible, you know, athletes. Uh, Tony is spectacular. You see those memes on 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 Twitter of you know how it started, how it finished, or whatever. And yeah. I'll never forget the several times. It wasn't just once, but I mean, did it against Miami, did it against Kentucky. He's done in so many games where there'd be like five guys around him and you'd be like, no way. Like when you look at the still shot, when you're watching the game live, you're just like, ah, you know, great, great play. You know, awesome. You're so hyped up for the moment, but then you go back and you see the picture later and there's literally like five guys surrounding him on all sides. And then it's like how it ended. It's that play with him in the end zone, (laughs) you know? So I mean, he was incredibly fun to watch. For sure. Kyle Kyle Pitts was incredibly fun to watch. Like, you know, I can. Kyle Pitts was so fun to watch this past year. I mean, uh, talk about a game changer. He was the most. Okay. I don't mean this like in a Tim Duncan way, but it was almost, he was almost like the most boring fun player to watch because he was so good at like, he didn't even make any like tough catches or like he was, he always had so much separation. Nobody near him. He was too fast for the for the linebackers. He was too big for the safeties and cornerback. Like, and and I'm not calling him boring at all. So like I'll get somebody upset in my mentions about this tomorrow, but he was the most boring fun player because he was so much better than everybody else. You know, like it was almost not even fair. Yeah. It was just like, he just went about his business. was so efficient, so effective, kind of like Tim Duncan, like Tim Duncan was ever flashy or, I mean, that's my, so that's my comparison. Like obviously like way more of an athletic freak, but like he was just so good that every touchdown he you caught take it for granted because yeah, nobody was so within easy. 15 yards of it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. so I mean, he was, I think that I don't think he'll go down as this. So I don't, uh, you know, people are going to jump on me too, but I, I think, I feel like he was a generational player that we didn't even actually realize was a generational player as we watched him. Like that's how good he was. That is how important his role to Florida was. And I, you know, it'll be interesting to watch because the hype that he has generated and that what people are expecting out of him, anything but a Hall of Fame career at this point, honestly, will probably be a letdown to a lot of people because he has been built up as, you know, the it guy in this draft. He'll be more than likely the very first non-quarterback taken. It's going to be an incredibly high position for in the draft for a tight end. Um, But 
hey, I mean, he he earned it for sure. Um, I I did a quick search, and, and this is obviously just somebody's opinion, but I did a quick search and found college football's top 30 tight ends of the BCS era. Um, I'll run down the top five real quick, and I'll tell you a couple other key ones that came out. Chase Kaufman from Missouri, 2005 to 2008. I was in high school then, so I didn't watch a lot of Missouri say, football. I have um, no idea. Jermaine Gresham, so I do know that name, from Oklahoma, yep. 2006, 2009. Yep. Uh, Heath Miller from Virginia, early 2000s. Dallas Clark played for uh, the Colts for a long time and then played for the Bucks as well, number four. And then they have Aaron Hernandez, number five, 2007, yeah. 2009. Um, yeah. Other notables on the list are, and, I'll, and you'll know why I'm giving these now, 11, Jeremy Shockey, and 12, Kellen Winslow. Um, so Miami for a long time was kind of tight yeah, in you and, and had, a, you. had a lot of, um, folks on there. I'll, I'll go a couple more and then I'll get out of here. But, um, number 33, Ben Troop and number 34, Bubba Franks. So Florida and Miami again on that list. Yeah. Um, yeah. how would you rate, um, how would you rate, Kyle Pitts compared to Aaron Hernandez. Like, would you say he was the better um, tight end at Florida or you, you know, I think, yeah, I think he was the better tight end at Florida. I think Aaron Hernandez was a great player. Um, Aaron Hernandez was on a team with more weapons than Kyle Pitts was on um, offensively. And I think, uh, Kyle Pitts had to be the man, but because of that, I think that defenses were completely zoned in on him. I think that on that Florida team, it's a hell of a lot harder for a defense to zone in on Aaron Hernandez when you have all of the weapons that Florida had on that roster. Like if you just think about the players that went on from like, the, let's take the 2008 national championship uh, team for Florida that went on to play in the pros. Percy Harvin is on that team. Riley Cooper's on that team. David Nelson is on that team. Um, think about the offensive line. Think about the Pouncey brothers on that team. Tim Tebow is on that team. I mean, there is literally not a way to double team anyone and have it work out well for you. Right. But I do think that on this Florida team and this Florida offense was great. Like, and I'm not taking away from them at all, but I think the 2008 offense had more individual weapons and that makes Pitts what Pitts did more impressive to me. Um, and also 2008 had a hell of a defense too, which uh, not that that changes the type of player that Aaron Hernandez was or Kyle Pitts was, but it changes the position that their offense is placed in over and over again. And, uh, you know, Pitts, Pitts was the MVP of, this this offense he was the reason that it was as successful as it is obviously Kyle Trask gets a lot of credit too but Pitts was the most talented guy on that offense you wouldn't say that about Aaron Hernandez yeah I mean he was probably the most talented guy in the state I mean maybe in all of college football like <laughs> this might be a yeah I mean and that's not a knock to Aaron Hernandez who was a hell of a college player but I I, I would take Kyle Pitts over him yeah no I think that um uh, Definitely somebody that, yeah. I So anyway, all that said, I lost train of thought. If they're ranking Hernandez, and I, that was kind of leading, but if they're ranking Hernandez five, ranking Hernandez, you know, right. then Pitts then is Kyle like, Pitts Pitts is like right up there. up there with your, you know, 
Because it's a debate, right? Like some people are going to go one yeah, way or the other. Sure. Some people are going to say, well, some, mean, people some people are going to take your to team success. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, there's lots of different factors. It depends on how you, you go, but he's in the top five of that conversation, I think. And, and, and some people are going to take your exact argument because nobody can agree on anything ever. And I'm not saying I'll take this because I, I think I'd lean uh, Pitts as well. Some people are going to take, take your argument with Hernandez and say uh, it was, you know, having all that talent around him. May have relieved some, yeah. May have relieved some pressure, but yeah. like there was nobody else to go to, sure. um, you know. So anyway, yeah. Like, and then like same thing with the defense, right? Well, Florida's defense stunk, so the other team scored quickly, and then Hernandez's defense was good, so they got the ball back faster. Like any either way, like people are going to be right. argue. So, sure. but anyway, all that said to say, um, you know, Pitts may go down. It's going to be tough because it sucks for him because it happened like in a pandemic year and everything's like weird last year anyway. Yeah. And but it, it could potentially go down as the, the one of the greatest tight ends to ever play. And I feel um, like so. I mean, and I know he's getting a lot of hype at the moment, but I feel like still so unsung. You yeah, know, with what he did, probably lends itself to being um, a tight end, right? Like how many uh, how many great power forwards do you think of like in basketball i mean like you think about, about like um carl malone and charles barkley and like there's a few like there's there's enough but like it's just not the flashy position like shooting guard or center or point you know so it's kind of the same thing right you'd be the greatest offensive tackle ever and right. never get your name called right because you're, sure. you're just kind of doing you know what do they sure. used to say like dion dion's numbers were never really good because nobody threw to his side of the ball <laughs> or side of the field so I think that's just indicative of being a tight end, but he still gets a lot. I mean, he gets more praise than any tight end. Like he's like, I mean, uh, he's gonna be fun up there, right? Like I, wherever he ends up. I mean, I hope not Atlanta having to play him twice. Like that offense is always really good anyway. Uh, so yeah, like I hope he goes somewhere other than that. Um, so just saw a tweet come across the timeline that the Patriots talked to the Falcons about trading up to number four for Justin Fields. That would be insane. So then, so go place that bet, go place that bet four and a half. Cause if teams over draft for a quarter, not that Fields would be like an overreach, but teams love QBs man early. And so yeah. go, go take that bet. Cause if they move up, that's an easy one. <laughs> um, another one that I've seen in, and I'm interested to hear the odds for, but I've seen a couple of mocks that have, Kyle Trask sneaking into the late first round. Uh, this mock that I'm looking at has him potentially in New Orleans. That'd be fun for uh, Gators and FSU fans. Um, I've somebody seen to come somewhere in. They've and, had him going to Tampa. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Um, I think that'd be a great position for him. Well, yeah, like I and and I think it would be. See, so I don't, I don't love. Kyle Trask in an NFL offense, but like if he's going to come in, Kyle Trask. Period. You didn't have to add anything after that. Well, I just don't. I mean, I don't have a problem. I know. I just don't. (laughs) I don't think he's going to be a great pro. Like I'll just say that. I I I could be proven wrong on that. I'm okay with if I'm wrong on that. Like I've I've been proven wrong on a lot of things I've said. So that's just my take. I know that I'm definitely going to upset people with that one, but I don't think he's going to be a great pro. I will say the best situation for him would be to learn behind uh, Tom Brady 
for a year or two or three or whatever Brady can do and if then you have the come choice in. Between learning behind Tom Brady or learning behind Jameis Winston. Like those are the two places we've we've mentioned. Dear Lord, hopefully he goes to Tampa. I mean, do you want to play? I mean, do you want to have a chance to play in the first couple of years? No, or like how I know. If I want to have a successful uh, wanna... pro career, no. I want the grace of being able to sit for a year or two without any pressure. Yeah, no, I'd I'd rather go to Tampa. So and that's exactly what I said. I think that the Bucks are the best place for yeah. him. I don't think that. But he's I mean, I feel best. like that could be. I don't think he's pretty much any quarterback in this draft, especially Absolutely. one that we don't think is ready to start on day one. Absolutely, I think that the Bucks are the best place for him. I don't think he's the best quarterback to come in for the Bucks. Um, yeah. So when Kyle Trask wins multiple Super Bowls and takes over the goat status from Tom Brady, you guys can all at me and. Uh, tell me I was wrong on this take. I just don't think he's going to be a great pro. I also think the Bucks need to do more. If Brady's going to be around a couple more years, I mean, you don't have to over, you don't have to reach sure. for a quarterback. You don't have to overpay. I, there's just no yeah. reason. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't, I just don't know. I mean, quarterbacks. I mean, there's gonna be like six quarterbacks taken early. I mean, like, yeah. typically, what happens with quarterbacks is like. 75% of them bust, you know, and like, sure. that's just, wait, we could say that about pretty much 75% of players, right? I don't even know that you need to say quarterback for that to be accurate. Yeah. But I just don't think like busts are viewed the same way at like a running back yeah. position or whatever. Cause like a running back can always just be like a third down back or wide receiver, you know, like it's just different. Like if you get drafted in the first round as a quarterback, like you've got to be, you know, like the bucks traded up and drafted Hargraves and he's still getting a paycheck and starting. So like, it's like, you know, I, I bust just aren't, and he was a legitimate, but like he was terrible here in Tampa. And because he wasn't a quarterback taken in the first round, nobody really calls him a bust, right? Like we say that about right. Jameis, right? We don't say that about a cornerback. It's just, to me, it's just different, you know, when you kind of consider busts or not busts. So, um, like Michael Clayton, Michael Clayton was a massive bust, but like nobody, you know, wide receivers, you just don't, you know, it's just different. So, uh, but that said, where do the odds say that Trask? Uh, do they have odds so on Trask? Right now, yeah, they do. It's over under on six, uh, over under at sixty five and a half, which would obviously place him at the beginning of the third round. Um, Did a Florida fan though, write this article? Like, how do we have him at twenty eight here then? Well, so what I was going to say is, it's interesting because I've looked at several mock draft boards and I have literally found him on multiple anywhere between one and three. And nobody agrees. It's kind of all over the place. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what people, you know, where he ends up. And and obviously teams have varying opinions, or at the very least, whoever the hell is writing these articles have very varying opinions on um, where he'll end up if he were to go in the first round, which is a, a huge um, long shot, obviously. That would be the first time I want to say since 2010 that Florida's had three players taken in um, the third round. Like, wouldn't 2010 have been, um, God, one of the Pouncey brothers? Um, I'm trying to think who who else would have been that. Uh, Tebow and uh, Joe Hayden, I think. That would have been 2010. Um, that I mean, that's a long time. And I think that that would be huge for Dan Mullen. I think that that would be uh, a nice recruiting, you know, 
thing to wave around, but it didn't happen particularly often for Florida. Although I will, I don't know if you've seen this meme floating around. Florida's one of like three schools that always have somebody drafted. Um, yeah. But I think Kyle Trask, like Kyle Pitts, we know within a place or two where he's going. Kadarius Tony, we know more than likely, unless a really huge surprise happens within, let's say, 10 spaces, probably where he goes. Kyle Trask, we're legit talking about there may be three complete rounds that he could be in before we know. And the the opinion is just so widely varied on him. So I think I'd take the uh I think I'd take the over. So I or under. So you'll think like, he'll I, go no, I think, like solidly in the third round. No, no, under. Sorry, I said it backwards. Under, okay. So okay. I, I think he goes uh, before sixty five. Uh, okay. because teams over draft for quarterbacks. I just I looked up the guy that did write this article and yeah, he's a Gator fan. So um yeah, like I just think that that's a little high. Like I'd take the over if 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 the Vegas odds were, you know, whatever it was, 27 and a half, 28 and a half or whatever. Right. Um but I like him to go before like if I'm taking the under on on the official Vegas odds. And a half. Yeah. I also think the Vegas odds are probably a little bit more accurate just because, you know, they don't miss often, you know, than sure. like some Gator homer well, that like wrote their an article. job, right? Right. Um couple more Marco Wilson um, it was, it stunk that there wasn't a combine that we could have like a, th- a shoe throwing contest in, but, uh, Marco Wilson are saying like third round, maybe, um, the odds of him are over under 153 and a half, 153 and a half would be round five. Um, yeah. so yeah, and this Gator Homer have, that I'm reading is, they have is Stone Forsyth going before him offensive lineman at one Oh nine and a half is the over under for him. Yeah. So I like that one. I think that one's pr- pretty accurate. I, I've got him pretty like accurate. fourth round, but yeah, this Gator Homer that I'm writing this, reading this article from, um, he's got Marco round three. So yeah. I think that's I, a little, I think that that's, honestly, I almost feel like and Gator fans. He had guys, a great, a great pro day out of my mouth, but Kyle Trask and Marco Wilson going in the same round is such an insult to Kyle Trask. And I know they play different positions and I know that what they do is unrelated to each other, but that would just rub me the wrong way. I'm kind of hoping that it happens now. I'm hoping I'm wrong about my old round earlier. Um, He had a good pro day. I will say that. Um, He's an athlete, right? Like, I I mean, he on, but is this one of those uh, look like Tarzan play like Jane kind of thing? I mean, he like, what what would you say every seven plays he makes a great play but then there's six where you like oh wtf yeah like i don't know i just know that white kid that had a torn acl like tore him up in the uh in the texas a&m game so like (laughs) i I think when he's good uh, he's great he's just not good very often and also he's clearly makes mental mistakes as well, which is, I mean, whether it's throwing a shoe or never freaking knowing where you're supposed to be lined up or uh, like, I honestly, I pray he was in the wrong coverage a lot of the time because otherwise I, I don't really know what the excuse is. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like we kept waiting for Marco Wilson to explode as Gator fans. We kept waiting for it to be the season that this like highly, highly recruited stud athlete was supposed to have and it never happened i don't know why we think that that was going to happen in the pros yeah now i i talked about not wanting kyle pitts to go to um atlanta 
I'd be happy with Marco Wilson going to any of the division rivals. <laughs> um, I think that would be fantastic. Um, a couple other guys that, that will probably go late round. So we'll just run through them real quick. Defensive tackle uh, Slayton, wide receiver Grimes, kicker McPherson, um, Brett Hagee saying round seven here, and then safety Sean Davis round seven as well. I feel like the, uh, you know, when you're predicting guys to go round seven, you're just hoping they get drafted. Um, most projections yeah. that say um, round seven, like uh, Grimes and Davis both have Vegas odds on them. Those are the only other two Gator players with Vegas odds on them. Grimes is at 175 and a half as the over under, and Davis is at 224 and a half. Um, but I mean, it's interesting because Florida could have, you know, upwards of, oh, you know, more than 10 guys selected. No. We just not really sure. You know, it's just one of those things where, uh, uh, it's it's going to be the late rounds that's going to change the numbers. Yeah, and you know, you, I and once they're not in the round, like you you hope they do well, but it's almost like man, it's so tough on um those guys. You know, we, we talked about the OTAs and stuff like that a couple of weeks oh, ago. Oh yeah, so. it's it's and at that point you're almost hoping. Honestly, if if you have the option of going in the seventh round, if you have the option of going as an undrafted free agent, you almost at that point hope to go as an undrafted free agent. The signing bonus is going to be a difference of like, you know, $10,000, but to have a say in the team that you have the opportunity to make is huge, right? Because you, you are hoping and praying that your agent is helping you make the decision of the place where you have the best chance of making the roster you get taken in the draft that choice is out the window yeah um so i I mean there is i know everybody likes to say they got drafted but there is something to be said for being able to be an undrafted free agent because you do kind of control your own destiny a little bit more yeah for sure yeah i looked up um and so that'll that's kind of like our our draft takes we'll get rolling here in a minute i looked up and saw that uh you're right. 2010 was the last time Florida had three guys taken in the first round. Also did it in 1989. And then that doesn't happen very often, Gator fans. Yeah. Not, and it probably will not happen in all honesty this draft either, but it's the first time that there's been um, a shot at it in a while. Yeah. And then it didn't happen at least back until 1970. So I don't know if it uh, okay. happened before that. I'm, I'm thinking it's probably pretty unlikely to have happened too many times before that, but uh, who knows? Florida State last did in 2013, so a little bit more recently. Uh, not super surprising with their run of success around that time. EJ Manuel, Born Warner, and Xavier Rhodes all drafted in 2013. In 2006, when Florida State was terrible, not very good, um, they had four guys go. Ernie Sims, uh, Cam- Cameron Wimbley, uh, Broderick Bunkley, and Antonio Cromartie, who had like a 10,000 year uh, career. This one's kind of crazy. 2000 Florida state also had three go. Uh, see if you can get the third one, Peter Warwick, Corey Simon. And do you remember the third one for Florida state in 2000? It's kind of weird. So like, that's why I'm, and maybe I just gave no. it away by saying that, but Sebastian Janikowski, no. uh, first, ah, first round pick. Oh yes. Yes. Um, 97, known that. 97, four as well. Peter Bulware, Walter Jones, work done. Bernard Wilson. And I think that was the last time there was like a bunch like that. So anyway, it it's happened a little bit more, but not still not very often. Um, sure. I don't know how they did that in 2006. That team was terrible. So anyway, 
Um, all right. Any other thoughts? Anything else before we get out of here? Talked a bunch of drafts. Uh, talked about the Bucks. We talked about draft uh, SEC media days announced oh, today that it will be yeah. in person, which is pretty exciting. Dan Mullen will open up the uh, the day. It will start Monday, July nineteenth, um, back in Hoover. Again, last year's was canceled because of COVID. They didn't even have it virtually. I don't believe. I think it was literally canceled. Um, but four-day event is back. It's in person. Teams will be bringing their key guys again. Um, it'll be televised, obviously. But I think this is a good sign for the 2001 football season. Um, there's been rumors that the SEC is hoping to have full-capacity stadiums. Some of that will depend on individual states. Um so it'll be interesting to see, but yeah, SEC Media Days is a go. Cool. No, that's awesome. I assume the other conferences will follow. Probably not the Big Ten because they're idiots, but I assume most of the other conferences will follow. Yeah. Um. So I uh, am definitely. They're getting ahead of the Big Ten this this yeah, go round. Like we we're not even giving you guys a chance for us to have to say like, no, no, we're still doing it. We're just we're going ahead and just opening. Uh the door calling our shot right here before you even have a chance to tell us you're not doing yeah, it for sure. So no, I'm excited. Like you said, falls just right around the corner. So I think we're in good shape. Mm -hmm. Um, and I will be cheering for Marco to be drafted as high as possible. Um, sure. We'll be texting back and forth through I. the draft. I, I do like draft day, although I will tell you, I annoys the hell out of me. I think I've talked to you about this in, in previous years too, but biggest moment of these guys' careers and ESPN will figure out a way to be like, yeah, well, you know, he was arrested in eighth grade for stealing a pencil from the school, uh, you know, supply closet, but good, th good news. He's redeemed himself and he's going in the first round or like come up with some, you know, ridiculous way to kind of overshadow this guy's big moment. So, Oh yeah. Always holding always. my breath for when that happens. Um, all right, cool. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this. If not, I, I don't really care. It doesn't bother me. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. That's all right. Um, but thanks for hanging out. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the love that you guys show us. And we will talk to you guys next week. See ya. Bye.